You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to a special episode of Girls and Gears on Mountain Bike Radio. Today, I'm going to be your host. I'm Ben Walnack, and with me is the normal host of the show, Danielle Musto. So uh, we're, hey, Danielle, thanks for joining me. So today we are going to do um, a little recap of the Iceman. Uh, Danielle recently raced out in Michigan at a very popular race called Iceman, if you haven't heard about it. Um, I think it's just Iceman.com. And uh, she took part in the, not only took part, but won the inaugural fat bike category. And we're just going to chat and see how it went. Danielle? Thanks for having me. Just wanted to get you on because you're, seems like, you know, every show that you do, you know, you always ask, are you coming out for Iceman? What's what's the draw? Oh, gosh, it's, it's hard to describe. Um, it's not just a fun race, but the whole weekend's fun. Um, I've been doing it since I started racing, um, and it's probably one of the most fun races I've ever done. It's point-to-point from Kalkaska, Michigan, to Traverse City, Michigan, and there's so many people doing it, and the excitement is so high. Um, it's really incomparable to any other race that I have ever done. Um, I think also the draw of, like, having, like, Olympians competing, um, you know, all of, like, the top racers in the Midwest, and then, you know, people who are just starting, like, having everyone be able to compete on the same day and on the same course is a draw for a lot of people. And also there's, like, an incredible payout, too. I think they gave away about a little bit over $52,000 this year hmm. in prize money. Yeah, not bad. Not no. bad indeed. So has it always been like this? Has it been, or has it been a recent, you know, phenomenon, I guess, that it's been so many people, you know, all this, has it always been this big, or is this something in the last five years or something? Gosh, it's it's been pretty big. I want to say... When I started about 10 years ago, it was okay. a couple thousand, but to okay. where it sells out, you know, within maybe like 15 minutes, and there's, I think this year, about 5,400 people did it. That's kind of been the last couple of years to where it's 5, just like getting more popular. What? 5,400? Yeah. I don't know of any other race that's that big. No, I think it is the biggest race in North America, and I think the 5,400 does include, they have a few kids races, and then... A few smaller races, yeah, like, but um, still, Cup and Snowcomb. But uh, yeah, it's huge, and it's everyone's. A lot of people bring their friends and family too. So afterwards, there's just this like enormous end of season party, which is again part of the draw of the race. And Bell's is the the sponsor, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. so they're throwing down some. There's a lot of beer going on. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So this year is new fat bike category. I mean, was this something that a lot of people were asking for, you know, last year? Or is this kind of new this year where people finally, there was enough that finally asked? What do you think? Did you get a feeling for why? Um, when I talked to the promoter about it last year, he was talking about how he viewed fat bikes as kind of just like another tool that you can race with. Um, just because there are people who show up like on cross bikes for Iceman, a lot of the terrain is double track. And so, I mean, obviously you could race on a fat bike in any category, but this year, yeah, I think fat biking has just gotten so much bigger, especially in the Midwest, that I'm sure a lot of people were asking for their own class. And now with all the, what I'm kind of getting to is the bikes. Now with the options, so you have one by 11, drop some weight there, 
carbon frame, wheels, you know, talk about what this year has done for fat bike. Because for anybody listening, if you haven't listened to other shows and haven't kind of kept up on what Danielle has going on, she is, I would say, one of the more experienced racers, um, you know, as far as actually racing fat bikes. Um, you know, not necessarily, when people think of fat bikes racing or fat bike racing, they tend to think about at this point the the longer events that have been around so like i did around you know arrowhead and all that kind of stuff be, just because they've been around for a while but recently last year the great lakes fat bike series kicked up um and uh danielle pretty much smoked the competition on that um so my point is that she has some gr- good experience from a racing perspective um so can you talk about you know and you've been racing the salsa carbon bear grease and can you just talk about what the jump, what you see from last year to this year and the jump in the uh, fat bikes made for racing? Yeah. So, well, I started two years ago on my first um, fat bike ride ever, and that was the Salsa Muckluck. And then I moved last year to the Bear Grease. And then this year I was able to race both at Ordishore and then now at Iceman, the Salsa Carbon Bear Grease. And the difference um, in the feel of the bike is that, I mean, the bear grease is awesome and you feel like you're on a mountain bike. It's, it's hard to describe, but you don't feel like you're on a fat bike when you're on the bear grease. But once you hop on the carbon bear grease, you, I mean, you don't, you feel like you're just on like a normal, really fast race bike. You don't need to make any changes in how the bike steers or how it climbs. It's just like an all out, really aggressive bike that, is super fast. Hmm. It, talk about your, well, yeah, let's talk about your bike and how it was set up. Then mm-hmm. I want to back up a little bit and just kind of talk about the, the race, I guess. Um, okay. So, you know, as far as the setup you were running, can you just talk about, you know, tires and rims, you know, what kind of rims are you running? What kind of setup as far as gearing, you know, one by 11, two by 10, whatever. Can you yeah. Yeah. I the one by 11 it was the i basically took the stock salsa carbon bear grease it was xx1 and the only thing that i had time to change on it was um my handlebars i switched to um i believe i put a six degree on it um other than that i just raced on it stock stock so it's how it comes super fast and i believe that they had the uh 45 north dillinger tires on it Mm -hmm. okay and then the uh, rolling darrells yes so the race, um, you won. <laughs> talk I did. about it. What talk about the day before? You know, kind of the, I guess the atmosphere. What was the, what was it like? And then race day, and then just kind of walk us through the race. Okay. Um. Well, the day before I was, I had a normal work day. Um. So I drove. Or wait a minute. No, sorry. The day before I drove up really early in the morning with the um, event coordinator from my bike shop sponsor. So we left at like 6.30 in the morning and um, arrived at the expo, I think by like 9.30. And I was at the expo area for 12 hours. And the expo has a bunch of different companies there, like uh, Carbo Rocket, Kenda, um, Grand Rapids Bikes, who I was there with. And then um, basically it's just like everyone coming throughout the day to register. So you see basically anyone that you've ever raced with before. And so... You know, I started the morning in the dark, and I left in the dark. So I was a little bit worried just because I'd been standing and talking, like, so much throughout the day how my legs would feel. Yeah, and 
if anybody, if you're listening to this and don't follow Mountain Bike Radio on Instagram, um, Danielle does a bunch of great. I don't know how you do it. You are, you know, you have a really good eye for it, and every picture you post is like everyone loves them. But anyhow, so she took a lot of pictures of the the expo from the day before. So if you're on Instagram, check out Mountain Bike Radio. It's at MTN Bike Radio. So the same handle as the Twitter handle, but a bunch of pictures there. Anyhow, sorry, go ahead. So you're standing on your feet this whole day. Probably, definitely like the worst thing you could do. Right. Probably. <laughs> that was in the back of my head, but at the same time, I get so nervous the day before <laughs> anyways. Maybe in a way, I, you know, I, was, I wasn't concentrating on much of, like, on my nerves. It was fun talking with everyone. It was fun catching up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, just, I tried to remain hydrated. Yeah, just kept your mind <laughs> off, the, off the nervousness, I guess. So that works. Yeah. It offset the standing then. We'll say that. Yes. <laughs> All right, so so race day, what's uh how'd that go? It it went well. Um, I can't remember what time like the first waves went off. Um, I started in wave twenty eight, so we you know ate our breakfast, drove to the start, and already people had been racing for close to an hour. And so I lined up with the fat bike class. We started with um the male, the men and the female started together, and like. It was kind of intimidating knowing that we had, like, thousands of people in front of us. So I knew that I was really going to have to have a fast start um, just because it can make or break your race how many people, like, get in between you and your competition. Yeah. It, you know, talk about that. Is that – does that take away, you know, from the race at all, or is that something that you just know going in, dealing with all this traffic, I guess? It – I know going in that that's how it's going to be like because I had raced um, single speed there for a few years. Mm-hmm. And the only time that you're going to start with your the actual people that you're competing against in your division is, is if you race pro. So everyone else racing um, gets times based on, like, their last year um, finishes. If you've never raced Iceman before, you start in the back. So you just kind of have to accept it and be like, it's like this for everyone. If I want to start earlier next year... I'm going to have to just, you know, go faster. <laughs> so the only people who started together, I believe, were the Clydesdales, um, the fat bikes, and then the pros. Gotcha. So how many people lined up, you know, as far as fat bikes, the fat bike class for the women, how many people were there? There were 10 women, and then I want to say there were about 60 guys. 60 guys? Wow. Yeah. Huh, not bad. So where? No. So talk about that. Where, I mean... I, I know you finished first, but I don't know where you finished overall on the whole guys. I'm assuming you did pretty well on the overall fat bike class, but just talk about the race. Was there anything that happened that, you know, did it all, all go pretty smoothly or, you know, anything happened mid-race? Did you start to feel crappy, you know, anything like that? <laughs> no, no, I didn't feel crappy. I knew that I was up against some fast women, so... My game plan was just to line up in the front. Um, there were some really fast guys with, like, in front of me, and I, I was like, okay, I am going to be the first female on that single track no matter what. You know, I'm going to at least try my hardest. Normally I'm not the fastest person at starts, and um, the first mile or two is just all out, like, flat pavement. But I don't know, the start wasn't as fast as other races that I've done, so I was able to tuck in probably in, like, sixth or seventh place. 
and I basically stayed in that position for the rest of the um, race. I did break away, or I guess the lead men broke away from me. Um, once we hit single track, we immediately started catching other people. So you had to just, like, pass whenever you could. And for me, that was the hardest part was just, like, trying to sprint around 10 people mm -hmm. and then recover and then do it again. I mean, that was the entire race. There were just, like, literally hundreds of people in front of me. Yeah, that's not something really you train for, is it? Just, just not really, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, my coach has me do some pretty high-intensity short intervals where, you know, like 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off. I'm sure that helped a bit. But, yeah, I felt good the entire race, and that that bike was so much fun, and it was so much fun being able to ride it wherever I wanted to. I mean, the course is made up of, like, sand and wet leaves. Like, nothing was an issue. I could just, like, bomb over anything. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Do you take any, any special consideration in the training for that compared to, you know, you had a long season. You've been riding a regular mountain bike and stuff. I mean, you've been mixing, you know, fat bike in or training on fat bike. Is there any special consideration, like, that you didn't really, you know, going into it that you don't, you wouldn't think about maybe if somebody were to be doing it for next year? You know, what did you learn leading up to that and doing something like Iceman, racing the Iceman on a fat bike? Well, one thing, um, and actually I had talked about this with Mackenzie when I interviewed her, is you just have to get really used to um, riding in big groups of people okay. and just be comfortable passing people okay. which on is, weird terrain. Which is easier <laughs> on a fat bike. Yes, <laughs> easy on a fat bike. If you're on a normal mountain bike, it's not so easy because, I mean, they're, you know, huge sand pits and everything. Um, and then I think I, I actually uh, jumped in some of the local cyclocross races on my mountain bike, and that was really good training just because it's, like, all-out intensity, which is basically, I mean, the Iceman is just, one big hammer fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. And, you know, is there any, just not fat bike related, but is there any tips, you know, you you ask all these people, is there any tips for anybody thinking about doing it next year that you could offer up? Um, Pay attention to when registration is because it sells out really fast. And other than that, um, just be prepared for the weather. Be prepared for the weather and... I mean, it can be like 60 degrees. It can also be 30 degrees and snowy since it's, you know, November in Michigan. And then again, to um, just try to do a lot of intensity leading up to the race. A lot of people come from different parts of the country where there's like, you know, really long climbs or like really technical sections on trail. Um, and we don't have that here. So <laughs> it's basically like a road race. Yeah, just be ready to hammer it out the whole time, be pedaling the whole time. Um, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to add, two more things I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you how you keep, I mean, you mentioned the cyclocross races, um, but otherwise, how do you keep your mental edge, I guess? Because, you know, for a lot of people, especially in the Midwest, you know, the weather's already been crappy for, you know, cold and rainy and dark for quite a while. And a lot of people kind of shut down, it seems, around Labor Day as kind of racing kind of ends. How do you keep, is it cyclocross that helps you keep that mental edge, or is there something that, you know, do you take a break for a little bit before you kind of ramp up for, for Iceman? How do you handle the extended season? That's a good question. Um, I, now with fat bike season, um, I usually take a break, like, early March. <laughs> but as for the weather and the darkness, um, in the past it used to be really hard this time of year for me because it was, like, the end of the season. 
And I guess I've just gotten more involved with a lot of other cyclists in the community. So there's a lot of group rides at night. And then um, if I do spin on the trainer, I usually um, teach spin classes at, at the bike shop that sponsors me, Grand Rapids Bikes. And it's, it's a lot easier if you have people to ride with you, you know. And um, also just being on a fat bike has, has made me fall in love with winter. Before I was on one, I hated winter. Like, I hated everything about it. And now... Now I have fun in the snow. It's like being a kid again. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to ask you, and actually it brings up another point that I have, but we'll get to that in a second, the finish. So people talk about how, you know, the finish area, you come up and there's people cheering and you go through these groups of people and then you apparently come back, kind of loop back around or something. Just talk about mm-hmm. what that's like for people that haven't done the race and are thinking about, you know, coming out. It's it's. It's insanely awesome. I can't think of how else to describe it. Um, Towards the end of the race, you know, you're starting to get really tired, and there's just, like, all of these short little nasty hills. But And then all of a sudden you start hearing a loudspeaker, and you hear, like, this en- these enormous chairs, cheers coming from all over. Um, and then you kind of, like, enter this big chute. And it's kind of like what you would see in a World Cup where there's just people lined up all over, like, banging against the walls and – you know, there's announcers announcing your name. Um, this year they introduced a flyover, so you had to go, like, underneath the tunnel and then go back out for, like, five minutes, but, and then you come in. And they had a live stream somewhere on their website where you could watch it, and I think you can actually um, go to it and, you know, rewatch it. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Hmm. And so on Instagram, again, uh, you posted some pictures hanging out. They got some pictures with Mackenzie. Um, who you mm-hmm. had interviewed earlier, she finished third. And Jeremiah Bishop, who also finished third. And I don't remember, I was digging through there to see who else you were um, hanging out with. But were you, uh, was there any other people that you met? You know, Jeff Kabush or uh, who, want, who was yeah, it? Pendrel, Catherine Pendrel. <laughs> um, any of those that you were, got a chance to uh, talk to? Very quickly, I was able to introduce myself to Chloe Woodruff, who had gotten second place, and she was also on Girls in Gear, so it was really cool um, being able to meet Mm her. Um, And then I guess I I know a lot of the racers just from, like, racing in the new series, like Jeremiah Bishop. Um, Yeah, I guess uh, meeting Jeff Kabush Kabush was probably the highlight (laughs) of my life. (laughs) No, that's cool. And like you said, I just, you know, I pointed that out because for people that haven't done it, like you said, you have a really good opportunity to, to meet up with some world, you know, at least you're in the same race, you know, you might not be racing, but the same race with some world-class, you know, world-class riders. Oh yeah. So what's, uh, all right. That's, I think that's enough of the ice, man. Um, What's on ta- what what do you have going on? We know the fat bike series you're the fat bike season's cooking here. What's uh what's the first event that you're gonna be racing? Oh gosh. I don't know yet. Um I know I'm setting up for the frozen forty tonight. Yeah, frozen <laughs> forty, which registration opens up at midnight. There's a lot of local races that um we have right in the area just for training on the weekends, so I think I'll hit up some of those as soon as those start in December. And then December 21st is actually the first official race in the um, Great Lakes Fat Bike Series. I think it's called, like, Winter Solstice or Chasing Winter Solstice. Yep. 
And that's in Wisconsin, and it's it's really close. Even though I've been racing all summer, all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's starting already. Yep. And so you're going to be seems you're going to be a lot doing a lot of traveling. Yeah. Is there I guess is there any I can't really think of the turn. You know, is there anything how do you keep at it with that motivation for that long of time? Is there anything that you do over the winter? You just like, all right, it's mid-season now. How is that cuz a lot of people, like I said before, like they just quit like I'm done, you know, I'm getting ready for next season like is that just you right. like you're just high energy all the time is that how it goes <laughs> <laughs> no okay. no i'm actually like i can be really really lazy <laughs> okay. maybe that's the key is in between all the stuff you're just really lazy just hang out and you know feed up yeah you'd be sad um no the hard part for me is traveling i'm not going to lie not just not the i mean it's not just like financially hard but just spending like 12 hours in a car to go to a race and then do the same thing and come back and repeat that. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's not fun. That's the hardest thing for me physically too. Like I tend to do better if I'm training day in and day out. Um, with a few rest days, of course, but for some reason racing and traveling like really affects, I mean, it, it raises my fatigue level a lot. Um, but I, I know everyone thinks like I'm like fat, like crazy, but I swear Right, racing fat bike in the winter is a lot of fun. It, it keeps you like it keeps me motivated at least. Gotcha. So if you haven't tried it, do it. If you haven't tried Ice Man, try it. <laughs> and I'll link all the stuff. So if you're listening to this, just look at the bottom of the page, and I'll have all the links. Um, I'll try to dig out that uh, the video of the end of the Ice Man too. Um, but yeah, cool. So uh, we'll uh, look for you in another upcoming episode maybe i was thinking now that we uh we're talking about Mackenzie, maybe get her back on just to talk about how it went cool. yeah yeah that'd be All awesome right. cool so thank you danielle again i appreciate the time thanks for yeah having no me. problem and thank you everyone else for listening in to a special episode of girls and gears on mountain bike radio thanks for listening to another episode of mountain bike radio be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com to find a full listing of all the shows, recent episodes, archives, and you can buy some swag, t-shirts, socks, stickers, and you can become a member in which you get deals on coaching, nutrition, products, and a whole bunch of other things. So be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com and you'll find all the info you need. Thank you.